0: Hey, it's Jose Galison of No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also find me on all the major podcatchers on Odyssey as well. Today my guest is Ace or Ace on Twitter. Uh we will be I'm continuing my anarchist handbook series. We'll be covering Benjamin Tucker. Um, as always, give me money. Patreon.com is no way jose2020. I'm a big fan of money. Uh, I like that stuff, so give me more of it uh go check out top lobster he uh he makes out makes kick-ass merch uh there's no way jose merch there if you are interested in that uh there's a bunch of other merch too pretty much go there there's something you'll like i guarantee it uh with that let's go ahead and bring on ace what's
1: up dude thanks so much jose this is a Uh, blast
0: oh no problem this is the second time i've had you on i've been on other other shows with you before but second time having you on my channel uh, but I'm still going to have you intro yourself again because uh, you oh, never sure. know who uh, who's this is a first time popping in, and Absolutely, you are yeah. a uh, you are someone worth getting to know. So, oh, if thank you. Can go you, ahead and you. intro yourself real quick.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> I am Ace underscore Arcus on Twitter. I engage in a lot of uh, fruitless uh, debates on Twitter. Some of them are good, but uh, most of them fruitless. And but you know they can be fun. And I'm also the uh, co-host of the Slurp Gang podcast. And that's about it.
0: Yeah, not to go on a, a side, You are that is your, your thing, you're known for debating on, on Twitter, which anyone knows yes. Twitter, it's not really a platform set up for debate, so no, uh, no, it's like, I, I, I've been renowned for not debating, Like I just will, I will, That's I will smart. yeah, I yeah. will fuck with people, but there, there, it's like, I feel like you either gotta go one extreme or the other with Twitter, you either have to be ready for the long haul, and to go like, right. you know, go on quote, treat that threads like crazy. Or just yeah. give them a, a, a no and walk away. Like, it's one right. of the two. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, no yeah. and do, and not explain yourself.
1: <laughs> right, yeah. It's like that yeah. Ayn Rand quote, you know, one side is right and one side is wrong, but the middle is always evil.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that is how you engage on Twitter. You have to go one extreme or yes. the other and that's the only only thing. You have to figure out which one you are.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: and uh and very few are the, are your route because that takes a that's a whole lot more intensive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to start off with I I mean I, I want to know how Benjamin Tucker has a, has uh, affected your thinking. That's the first question I want to ask. Oh gosh.
1: Um, I I think he probably has affected my thinking the most in the idea that um, the language we use and the terminology we use all isn't always as quite as clear so with tucker and a lot of these individuals anarchists of the past you'll notice that they use words very differently from how most uh, libertarians will colloquially use them right now in today's time for example um one we'll be touching on today is socialism right um, socialism is this idea and you know it's not that libertarians are wrong when they're talking about socialism but it's that this word has had different connotations throughout time and if you don't uh, like understand that, it's going to lead to a lot of confusion when we're looking into the past of these past thinkers.
0: Yeah. No, that is, I, I mean, I've said this many times, the, the most important thing, really, like if you actually want to have a good, honest discussion, is defining terms. And that's yeah. one thing that socialists and capitalists are renowned for is, I'd say 90 plus percent of the time, they're usually describing the same phenomenon using different terms and yes. arguing at each other and just, you know, no one really has any interest in Understanding the other, they just want to be right. And it's like, you're both right, you idiots. <laughs> right, yes. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 100 so, percent Exactly. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, I mean, and you'll see it too online. You'll see someone will be like, you'll be like, well, that's not capitalism. And then someone, will, well, that is capitalism. It's like, okay, well, whether or not the mouse sound you're using is whatever thing, this is what I'm describing. <laughs> right. So, yes, like, exactly. let's operate yeah. with that. Like, sure, your definition may be different. Who cares? This is my right. definition. Words are subjective. That's right. Yes. <laughs>
1: so, I yes. mean,
0: at the end of the day, the intention, the meaning behind it is given to it by the person. So that's right. That's why it matters to figure out what they, they have to say about it. So let's move on. Uh, let's who the fuck is Benjamin Tucker?
1: Well, Benjamin Tucker is one of the early, he's one of the early American anarchists often. So this, um, he's often regarded as one of the first, not the first, but one of the first individualist anarchists in American history. And he's probably the most prominent out of all of them. Um, So there were some earlier ones like Josiah Warren, who is, Tucker is actually very inspired by, but Tucker is uh, probably most famously known for starting the newspaper uh, Liberty, uh, aptly named. And um, I, I will get into that a little bit probably later in the show, but it, it's probably that's his main claim to fame. He also translated a bunch of other works from uh, other countries. For example, he translated um, uh, Proudhon's uh, What is Property, a lot of Proudhon's work. The reason that it, we, like a bunch of thinkers from America read Proudhon was because of Benjamin Tucker. And he also translated the very first uh, copy into English of The Ego and Its Own by Stirner. So he's very, uh, he is responsible for that mainly. And that's, a, that's a huge thing in like anarchists, especially in American anarchism. And it, tu- it we'll touch on that a little bit later, but it also very much influenced uh, Benjamin Tucker's thinking.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I didn't know all that. That's a, that's yeah. actually, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, um, I, mean, I, I I don't know if, I don't recall if I've read Prude yet in here. I haven't before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the great things about reading through the Anarchist Handbook is a lot of stuff that I'm like, you know, just now reading because I mean mm-hmm. that's one pitfall I think a lot of us anarchists fall into is yeah. we find our our tribe and we stick with it and we don't yeah. really operate outside of it. I mean, I've I had before I'd kind of like uh, dabbled in like the pretty much I've mostly read AnCap stuff, but then I, I've read Conkin yeah. uh, and I've read uh, Sterner as well. Those are the, like mm-hmm. the two, but now this is like very much opening my eyes. That's one thing. Like we'll, we'll touch on it more. You know, once again we have touched on this that. I have, especially through this, and I've already kind of had a little bit of inclination that this was the case before, that a lot of these anarchists are dri- de- describing similar things. Yes, there might be minutiae that's different, but a lot of it's very much the same. Yes. Like So, I mean, minor differences here and there. I'm not saying every single one's exactly the same, but it's, it, it is, I, I don't know. So we get caught up in like, well, you're this ideology and you're that ideology, o- that yeah. but it's like, what are you saying like like you really gotta sit down and be like what is this person saying what's that person saying and you'll learn to find out that you guys tend to have a lot in common so yes and, absolutely and this isn't me saying let's have bottom unity or whatever right Hon- honestly I find unity arguments insanely annoying because yeah. it if it really isn't like it's it's uh the old um what's this uh, Frederick Douglass quote it's like I'll unite with anyone to do good and no one do bad really that simple so it's like we get so caught up in like who we're uniting with it's like well just like maybe just when you don't agree with them don't agree with them it's really right yeah yeah
1: we don't have to be bound by this pact life or death thing right it's like no i just i'll agree when i agree i won't when i won't simple as that
0: (laughs) exactly i mean yeah sure if you're saying unity and i mean i feel like a lot of people when they hear unity implies some sort of like I will, you know, stick with you when I don't agree with you or whatever. But it's like, right. Well, maybe don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyways, uh, tell me a little bit about Tucker's ideology, just roughly like, you know, I know we said he's a socialist, sure. but uh, if we could delve into well, a little bit more yeah we should
1: we should i think we should define that right off the bat right because um when tucker says he's a socialist um when most people think that because i i i personally experience this when i recommend people tucker to people is uh they, they they'll look a clip uh, you know a little bio up of them and they'll see oh he calls himself a socialist i don't want to read that you know it, and it's like no no the the thing is that socialism in back in tucker's time back in like the uh, 1800s specifically uh It was a much more broad, generalized term rather than the state ownership of the means of production that that term still existed within a subset of socialism. But that was not its own thing that it was not the encompassing framework of socialism. Um, Socialism back then essentially just dealt with what was known as the social question and that dealt with labor, like how should we treat. Um, how should we view the uh, the labor the labor in relation to other social forces in society? And also, uh, socialism. Another um, take on socialism was also the idea that um, it was a, an anti-state take, which was that socialism just meant no society, peaceful civil society should be running, should be in charge, and not the state. So it was actually a bulwark in opposition to the state and not like how we would define a day, which was the state ownership of the means of production. Now this did get bastardized by Marx, of course, and Tucker even takes an issue with that. But I think it's important to note that Tucker was not um, some state socialist and he wasn't even a socialist, how we would regard them today at all. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, literally in the intro, uh, the little Michael Mass's intro in this, he says like one line that stuck out to me that I underlined was, socialism did not necessarily have the contemporary meaning of government control. So, I mean, and, and I feel like a lot of people know that too, when it comes to socialism, there's, there's there, like, and that's kind of what this whole essay is breaking down. All right, let's get into the essay now. Um, so we would, Ace, would you like to tell me how the, this came about being created this essay in the first place? Cause I, I found this story sure. to be kind of interesting.
1: Sure. Well, this, the whole point of this was Tucker was getting, um, Uh, consistently frustrated at certain movements and certain like um, inter-socialist movements within the space that he referred to himself as a socialist, right? So there were these kind of um, forces, there are these people, these groups that would always fight and squabble over who was correct, right? Which is one of the things you get into when you read Tucker, especially in in this essay, is that you realize there's nothing new under the sun and that these Mm -hmm. fights have been going on forever. So Tucker essentially uh, made this. Uh, he made it in uh, 1886. It was published in. Um, and it kind of just goes over the fact that uh, there are two main strains of, of um, socialism that he sees. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of people in the middle who he sees as just not far enough. They're just they are just not going. They're just not where they need to be. Yeah. And they're I, not consistent.
0: I would equate those within our circles. as kind of like the yes. minarchy, anarchy divide. Uh, yes. Sort of because I mean they both are tend and I talked about this a little bit in my episode with Dave where like you know if you're going to be a consistent minarchist, it's kind of like you got to get to the point of well we need like a one world government and there's a lot of that, that goes yeah. on here that we'll get into but that's the same idea with how he breaks yeah. down of the authority and liberty it's the same thing with the socialism. And it's like, I feel like you see so many of these parallels between like our thinking, their thinking, yes. and it's almost like, it's so close. It's hard to not almost like impose, like being like, well, they're borderline damn near the same thing in a lot of ways. Yeah. It, and, it's uh, This has yeah. been going
1: on for so long. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But yeah, it's very much that there were like, he's saying that like, in order, like basically he you can, we, what we want is this. And you know, in order to get this, you have to either go this route or that route. And they're both two, two entirely different extremes.
1: Um, right, and he even yeah. mentions in here how, like, the two per, the two sides of this both want the same thing in some sense, or they will both want the same outcome, I should say, but they're diametrically opposed on how to get there, and, you know, th- there's a huge amount we could say on that in relation to yeah. uh, current polit- libertarian politic, <laughs> right, so. Yeah. yeah,
0: I did want to say, this is a quote that came in there, I thought it was like, I was reading it, I just, and once again, it was another one that, like, you can kind of just completely just, you know, put our curtains current situation just like the libertarian movement in general and kind of imposed on this. It says probably no agitation has ever attained the magnitude, either the number of its recruits or the area of its influence, which has been detained by modern socialism. And what I'm saying is just swap that out with like libertarianism, yeah. anarchy, whatever you want. And at the same time, been so little understood and so misunderstood, not only by the hostile and the indifferent, but by the friendly and even by the great mass of the adherents themselves, which you yeah. can kind of go into that, how there are all these people in the middle who it's like, if you're, it's kind of the whole like, not a real libertarian. Like, you got to pick one. Like, if you've, right. And it's kind of like, you know, the minarchist anarchist. Like, if you're going to be a minarchist, like, okay, well, you know, like, well, then you need to, you know, be pushing for a one world government. Yeah. You know, like, right. Like, that's the only way that if you're going to create a monopoly on government to enforce liberty, that's the only way you're going to go about it.
1: You right. That. And then yeah. obviously it has its own issues, but we're not debating that. He's just
0: pointing out the two different strains. Right. So, it, it's like
1: uh, the, and this is a lot about like when movements grow, right. Mm-hmm. It kind of becomes like this game of telephone where like the actual meaning of what the original movement was gets lost over time. The more adherents like join in. Um, yeah. There, there's a lot to say about mm-hmm. that too. But yeah, I, I think he nails the first part of it because that's, that's the opening of the essay. Yeah.
0: You, Which I just, mean to yeah. touch on, like, I just did the Emma Goldman uh, <laughs> one with Thad and it fucking like the whole point of that essay is the minority, the majority. And that kind of, that really yeah. plays to this concept here and how like, yes, once you have an idea, once the minorities have pushed forth this idea and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, tread the path, then it, it kind of then then becomes taken over by the majority that kind of pervert its meaning and don't understand it to the extent that it's supposed to be understood, which he kind of touches on in here how he even is a little bit more snobby than even, uh, I say, Emma is in, in yeah. his where he says, ba- he basically says the only people would really even truly understand the ideology were the thought leaders themselves. So I was like, that's a bit extreme, but, but, uh, but we get the point he's getting at. <laughs> right. Right. He, yeah. He, yeah.
1: As compared to like, you know, the, the middle ground, like mass types, but yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Uh, so now the next part comes, he starts talking
0: about the, the, uh, the commonality between the two uh, kinds which we already touched on a little bit. Um, so, Oh, I did want to drop another quote real quick cause it really applies yes. and this kind of, it's he kind of talks about this, this is a little bit of their commonality he says socialism was in the air and the time was ripe and the conditions favorable for the appearance of this new school of thought which i don't know about you i mean i just i do feel that same way in modern times not specifically about socialism i mean you can kind of swap out the words because when he's yeah. saying socialism he's kind of He's imbuing his own meaning, which we talked about earlier. Where that's right, yeah, it's a much more generalized meaning. Yeah, Yeah. because we we immediately we hear most people in a colloquial sense hear socialism, and we immediately jump to state socialism and like what he's talking about, which is very different from what he's advocating. So, um, yeah, so I don't know if you want to touch on the commonality. You're a little bit more big brain, so this kind of comes into the economic side of things. So uh, I can kind of uh, crudely, it's kind of labor theory of value and how you know it's the you
1: know. The true value of something is by its labor, but I'll let you go. You're better at this kind of stuff than I am. So, sure. Uh, well, he's addressing the commonality, like how the time was essentially right for this idea, and how mm-hmm. like because um, this is right after the Industrial Revolution, or it's not right. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say right after. It's mm-hmm. after the Industrial Revolution, and this is essentially when um, there's been this fomentation of um, like labor. Labor conditions have dropped like, or or not, they've risen over time, right? Take a long graph, they've risen, but there was was a time right after the Industrial Revolution where they could, like, labor conditions were really not great. And then it uh, created this idea that, you know, laborers are just being treated very unfairly. And um, Tucker and many other individual anarchists would obviously say, right, there's an anarchist free market solution to this. Um, But the time was right for, you know, this mass movement of laborers to critique, what they saw as unfair treatment by, yeah. you know, the powers that be.
0: Yeah. Which I mean, to, to kind of get into economic science and things, is that labor theory of value in which they're backing yeah. it up, like basically, you know, cost is determined by labor is what he's that's getting right. at. Yeah, which, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously we'd have disagreements with, but yeah. if you're going to take this line of thought, you, it does have the two logical conclusions that he starts to present in this essay that if we're going to have that, um, and this is kind of where we, you know, segue into where he starts yeah. defining them. So the first one he'll be starting is state socialism, and I mean, in this one, uh, state socialism, he, they attempt to end, like, they identify. I guess I kind of skimmed over. They identify the problem being monopolies, like that's what yes. causes this issue with, uh, you know, this e- extra profit that's that's you know over right. what just labor. Which I mean, I know we're we're not going to go too much into critiques, but if we're accepting this logic, like this is where we're at
1: um Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, look at you. you to oh, say? oh no! I was just going to say I do think later on though Tucker is very nuanced with that because mm. he doesn't take exactly the same tact Marx would take, uh, especially not in his prescriptions on what to do. Right? So I oh, think yeah, that there, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I gets a little bit. Uh, it does. That's what I'm saying. Same with terms and what they mean. You kind of got to be careful because yeah, some of the stuff he said, it's like. I mean, yeah, it's not necessarily entirely Austrian economics as we would perceive no, it. No, no, it's, it's not. It's, uh, there, there is some stuff where you're like, okay, I can see where you're coming from there, especially yeah. coming from an Austrian perspective. Um, okay. But um, yeah, no, he, um, God, what was I wasn't going to say. Um, shit, I had a point. Um, like, oh, yeah, monopolies. So with monopolies, so now we get into state socialism, and state socialism being that their method of correcting the problem is to have one monopoly, which once That's again, right. the, min- the minarchy-anarchy
1: divide, it's kind of – it's, it's pretty obvious. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, it's, I think he nails it. Like I think Tucker and he, Tucker's not the first one to come up with this, but I think this is his real claim to fame, which is his, uh, the history of monopoly. And we'll get into like the four monopolies later on in the essay. But, um, his, his idea is like the, the problem is monopoly and the state socialists are going to create the thing that they, they hate the most. Right. So that they're going, they're shooting themselves in the foot and everywhere else possible. So, um, uh, yeah, it's. I, I think um, his critique nails it. I don't know how much you want me to get into it right now, or if you want oh, to save it for we later. We can take
0: but. time. We're breaking this sucker down. I will say okay.
1: though, for those who haven't read it yet, he does.
0: I feel like he spends far more time describing anarchism than he does uh, this. But I do feel like this is a necessary prerequisite to, before you get into yeah. it, because uh, he's comparing and contrasting the two. Uh, but yeah, we definitely. I do want to get into it, and it also kind of like you can tell, it's very yin and yang. So even when he's going into the anarchism side. It is kind of implied, like, well, this is the opposite of the other. So, and yeah. uh, there's a there's a little. I don't know if you call it a poem at the end. I'm actually gonna. I want to read for this. Um, yeah, yeah, I do think it's it's
1: it's worth it. The the, um, the end of it. This is great. It's just like yes. bullet point after bullet point, just bang. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm just gonna straight up just read that because it's it's almost like borderline like a poem. It's kind of really yeah. beautiful. So right, uh, it, it, yeah. it's almost like something Rothbard would write. You know, it's mm-hmm. almost like this a uh, very punchy. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, you you said you want to touch a little bit more on on this one.
1: I, uh, I no, just in um, I I think the one I'm going to touch on the most is when we get to the four monopolies because I feel like that's yeah. when he really breaks it down. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well. Yeah. I mean. Uh. Yeah. We kind of really touched on most of it. I mean, obviously, he breaks it down more. He kind of goes into too, how state socialism by logic, like logically speaking, will essentially encompass all because he does go into yeah. how like Marx said that it would be like oh well no it wouldn't like they they had some sort of loose you know, way of limiting it. But he was like, no, if you're going to be logical, then it's going to, it's going to encompass all things. Like it will yeah. encompass religion, morality. Like he even said, it will become a state religion, which I mean, that speaks to a lot That's, of like stuff we see oh, today. Yes. So
1: yeah, <laughs> and how he dare you question like how, science. How instead of the worker being, you know, being in a company or a firm that is like quasi monopolistic now, they'll be, they'll be in an inescapable monopoly uh, with the state. Because they, everything they do, if they want to work, they have to go through the state's monopoly to do so. Um, and he, I, I think, you know, and this was, you know, you know, Austrians would make that point, of course, today, or, or you know, libertarians or anarchists, but it, it's just really cool that you can see, you can read this and be like, yeah, he, he got it. He understood, right? He nailed it.
0: Yeah, which I do want to uh, emphasize because it was kind of a point he made and how the thought leaders, because he was kind of getting at how like these people are the ones who really understood it. And he was, did folks in a lot, the, the thought leaders for this side was Marx mostly. Uh, he did yeah. uh, make some emphasis about how they were filtered through certain thinkers, like he, you know, emphasized how socialism, uh, state socialism, was filtered through like the church. But like it, mostly, he's talking about this, and here we get in the part where we're talking about he's, you know, kind of talking about Warren and, or Josiah Warren and Prudhon and yes. how their their theories have. Uh, what their theories are cuz they were the two major thinkers in the other side the 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 yang to marx's yin that's right so which i mean he even talks about too how it's well known that marx got a lot of his economic principles from proudhon so yeah yeah uh, but even then he did then concede that like he made it a unique enough of its own that's not really like an issue it wasn't like he like ripped him off necessarily so yeah, yeah. no such thing as an original idea uh, but yeah, right. let's go ahead and get into anarchism, which t- he in this is kind of talks about how um, this is the exact opposite. Like now, instead of you know creating one monopoly, we'll just we, it's anarchy. So essentially, you know, us being you know Austrians, we know that you know as you loosen up the market, it lowers prices. It you know that's right. So if you have a labor theory of value, I mean, that's the best way to get it closest to the the labor you know, yeah. the cost, if you will, even though I know that that gets screwy for us, but that's right, the best right. way to get it closest to it from that perspective. Yeah.
1: So I don't know if you yeah, so Tuck, Tucker's whole thing was like uh, socialist ends and we preface this in the beginning, but you know, socialism is a very much broader context back then, The socialism through free market means essentially was his idea. Because, and you know, he brings, you know, even if, you know, we, me and you, we would disagree with like the labor theory of value, but the, his prescriptions for how to fix things are, spot on, in my opinion, like, I think he just nails it. Um, uh, he's saying that ultimately, uh, it, it's the state's monopoly that essentially causes this problem, this problem of like the labor being, you know, because um, in some sense, you know, there, there's truth to this. Because it, because we do not live in a free market, um, the restrictive amount of um, la- the restrictive amount of um, businesses that there are through like regulatory capture and things like that make it so that labor the uh, the laborers wages are going mm-hmm. to be artificially lower because there's less people compete less businesses competing for those wages mm-hmm. right Yes. Yeah. So, and there's a much larger labor market meaning that the larger labor market's going to drive the wage price down. But the uh, small amount of firms and businesses allowed within this captive market is going to make it so that the labor, um, sorry, the wage rates are lower. And I think that's a very good point, like whether you agree with the labor theory of value or not.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, another thing, too, that I thought was really interesting is how uh, he pointed out how Marx was flawed in his, his, like, his um, distinguishing of capital and product or, or yes. is it capital and product. Uh, yes. Yeah, capital and uh, yes. product. Yeah, yeah, which he kind of is like, those are interchangeable. Like, you know, one thing becomes capital. You know, you can move it
1: from one hand to the other and it
0: becomes – And you have capital creating
1: product. capital, right? Yes. So you have these – like a product could be a piece of capital too. So they're not – there's these things that they go – they're not definite, like platonic different states or whatever, yeah. you know.
0: Because yeah. that's that's like the – I feel like that's the uh, cop-out for the the state yes. socialists where they'll, they'll be like, that's their way of getting out of this like – a reductio ad absurdum of everything yeah. becomes the government. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa! Like, you know, you can keep your your uh, your your product, but not the capital, like or, or, right. or whatever. It's, you know, what I mean, like, so it's like, but where where are we drawing these lines? Like, what right. so
1: Yeah, the, uh, eventually, when you break it down far enough, you understand that it, they're just things being plugged into other things, and that's all that is. That's all there is, really. Like in in production, and it's yeah. capital is a part of that system or process. Which I think
0: he, how he puts it is he says the only difference is social use, which can change from person to person or even yeah. the same person from, you know, situation to situation. So that's right. So it, it makes no sense to distinguish. Like, are you going to be like, well, you can have it now as you use it this way. Oh, use it for a different purpose, give it back. But <laughs> that's it, right. it makes no that's sense. That's right. Yeah. Yep. But um, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the monopolies because that's one thing. Uh, he does yeah. point out that there's a four major monopolies. Uh, the first yes. one being money, which I mean, us being – Coming from the Austin school, that, yeah, that gets our dick hard, and we're like,
1: yeah, damn straight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So this is probably like, like when you realize that he was writing this like 100, um, you know, in the 1880s. It's just like this is in my opinion is Tucker's best work. Like, this is not unique to him. Other theorists before him touched upon this, as he mentions, like Proudhon and Warren. But he, in my opinion, he encapsulates it better than they do. Um, so he talks about money, right? So the four major monopolies which hurt the common man, which is like the which is what the socialist of, you know, yesteryear were fighting for um, it, the, the monopoly on money means that you're going to have the state. You're at the behest of the state creating its own interest rates and essentially just has the potential to essentially just devalue the currency over time. It means that special banks and special interests are going to have a quasi monopoly on lending and things like that and it's going to lead to d- distortions in the market that we won't see for maybe you know years you know things that are just not apparent to most people like uh who see you know only the um only the first layer of state intervention um yeah. and yeah, yeah I, I think the money monopoly especially mm-hmm. is um just huge and as you say, like if, if you're any if you're interested in austrian economics at all this really like uh just raises your ears a lot
0: Yeah. And I know for me, I mean, this is only to further people that like give agorism a bad rap of being like a lefty thing, but I don't feel like that, what I'm about to say implies it at all. I see so much of like agorism here too, because even within these monopolies, he points out like how to deal with it. Like for example, like with the money one, he's like, well, to start using your own banks. Like he doesn't go in detail, but he's like, I mean, the way that works is like, obviously, you know, it's going to be illegal. So in order to do it, you're like, you're going to have to find ways around the system. And that's kind of what he's getting at too. And uh, so let's move into the land though because that's the next sure. one sure you someone
1: say that oh yeah so um he's talking about so in the, in the land monopoly he's talking about how the state uh essentially grants these land land titles that are not based on occupancy and use so um tucker's view of justified property was that a person had to justifiably homestead the property by occupying and using it now this is um, a mutualist thing and it's it's I have to touch on this because um, most people will say that, um, you know, he thought that rent should be, there's a thing where people think Tucker was against like rent, right? And because that's a common mutualist thing. Mm -hmm. Um, He was not against rent from a prescriptive sense. He was, he, he thought people had a right to rent land, but just that he thought that in an anarchist society without state granted land titles, there would be more affordable homes and more um, easily, available land to homestead without the state so that rent would de facto go down rather than a de jour ban on rent um Which but, but, not but wrong. <laughs> yes i i i, yeah, I completely agree with him. um so basically on his land monopoly he's talking about like state granted privilege titles so often what the state would do and you definitely see this carried over from like um, feudalism where the state would conquer a piece of land they would uh like um uh, keep it captive, essentially, and then they would sell it off to certain in- interests, like certain um, companies would essentially get the land. They would sell land that was never homesteaded previously, right? But they would keep it captive and not allow people to homestead it. So that's mm-hmm. really what he's talking about by uh, Monopoly on land titles and things like that, especially, specifically privileged land titles that do not involve any sort of homesteading.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, I was thinking while you're saying that, it's just it's just funny
1: how, like, how much overlap there is between like
0: anarchist socialists and like anarcho capitalists? Because it's like, yes, like basically we're both saying, like, hey, this is what we like. We basically are prescribing the same shit. Yes. We just kind of have a different outcome we're looking for to some extent. But the funny thing is, even then, our outcome's not necessarily the different because I actually agree with like pretty much everything he says as an outcome. Yeah. Like, this is what would happen. Yeah, and, I agree. Yeah. Like, there would be, you know, the, the common thing people always say is that like, and in Kapistan, you could have your socialist commune. And you're so in this and in an and right. socialist or whatever you want to call it, you would also be able to have your little capitalist area. So, or at least his version of it. Because that is a right. thing, like it, I think we talked on this a little bit earlier, and that you need to be so you need to be very careful with definitions whenever you do. Yeah. Because it's like, what what do you mean? And it's like, so right here, this is this whole essay is a perfect example of just the simple word of socialism. Just for us, our kind throws red flags, we're like whoa, whoa, hold the fuck up, buddy. Like, what are you talking about? Right. So, and most people aren't going to read an essay and be like, oh, well, that's what you mean. Like, and they're not going to give you the good faith of being like, oh, well, that, but it's kind of like you need to be a little bit smarter. It's kind of like the, uh, the bell curve thing. Like, you know, like the the midwits will just immediately assume, but like, you know what I mean? Like you got the dummies and the geniuses on the other side. It's the same idea, you know? Yeah. So. Uh let's get into the tariff monopoly. and yeah. see what you got for that one?
1: So the tariff monopoly—he's specifically talking about how uh, it, it, it this hurts laborers by, um, or, or consumers in general by putting a tariff or a tax on goods from another country, right? So to make uh, to make um, the capital goods in your country more um, uh, more alluring to people for people to buy because if there's an artificial charge. On goods from other countries, and he says this hurts. Uh, this obviously hurts laborers because obviously the products that they're making are being taxed, um, they're going to have to pay more for the products that they're going to consume. Essentially, and and you know, if you're an Austrian specifically, that definitely you know will obviously uh, you should agree with that.
0: Oh yeah, no, definitely. Uh, just once again, touches on everything we've said before. The last one is patents,
1: which uh, this is yes. uh, even for our kind is where it gets. He dicey. is <laughs> Tucker is the, one of the best things about Tucker is that he nailed the IP issue uh, like more than a hundred years ago. Um, yeah. So the idea that uh, I could go into a whole rant about IP, but he, he's talking about like Do it. the <laughs> idea that you could, the idea that you can own a, a concept or an idea is like the that's the ultimate form of state privilege right because you have to understand that if you make something right if i make um if i write down something on a piece of paper i have i own that paper and i own what i wrote down in some sense but i don't own a copy of what i wrote down right because that that came from someone else's mind which they own and that came even if it's the same thing the idea that you get to claim ownership over that would imply that you could claim ownership over other people's very minds and the contents of their minds. And the fact that the state can make it so that uh, you're not allowed to copy anything that actually holds people back because as a species, we progressed because we, we saw someone doing something cool and we copied it. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is yeah. really from an evolutionary perspective, this is really uh the whole basis of human like evolution and progress throughout time is that like, like just imagine if, if um, the idea is that, well, someone, the first person who made a wheel and now no one else is able to make a wheel. You know what I yeah. mean? So. Yeah. Although if, even then,
0: even among state law, usually there's like, Oh, well a given a period of time. It's like, but, wh- but yeah. why? But if it's a natural yeah. right, why would it expire? <laughs> yeah Exactly. Like it makes no sense. Right. And it's a, uh, yeah, there's no such thing as an original idea. Like, any person in existence whatsoever, any idea you've had, you've never had an original idea. Like maybe you could say that, like I've you know mixed these components together, but if you drive them to the root, there's no such thing as an original idea. There just isn't. Like and so right. this is all ideas- idea.
1: Idea. <laughs> yeah all ideas come from a person's experience right we start with experience yeah. and then we sort of build off from there but every i don't want to say everyone has the same experience but we all have the capacity for the same experience yeah. and some people do have the the same experience and we get the same ideas from our experience yeah uh, and, and those are also culturally yeah. shaped too
0: yeah yeah and we're mimetic creatures so that's we legit yes. art copy like it's anyways familiar with Gornowski knows that that's a common thing that he goes on uh, i don't remember yeah. the uh, philosopher that's derived from but that's his main thing: is the mimetic theory and how that's and, and the funny thing is another to dovetail off the mimetic theory is a common thing of mimetic theory is that the biggest um, problems exist amongst those that are very very close. Um, I yes, I, this doesn't really necessarily, I guess, apply entirely to this, but that kind of touches into our the whole socialism capitalism thing. You know, in this context, and like how there's this minor little difference, one small little economic discrepancy. And, you know, we, we flip the fucking table over, you know, like, <laughs> right. Like, I, I can yeah. already tell there will probably be people who probably, I mean, maybe not upset, but, you know, there will be those who are like, oh, fuck bottom unity. It's like, well, I'm not saying that, but
1: like, right, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but right. but they will immediately get all upset that I'm even defending in any way, shape or form. It's, uh, right.
1: Yeah. And okay. I think, you know, I, I've, I've gone through this too, where it's like, you know, trying to argue definitions is so like, like at a certain point I get it. Cause I do, I, I do feel like I, I do like to defend definitions. I I'm, I'm close to, or I feel that are more, are more true than other definitions. But at, at the end of the day, it's just like, I think you said this earlier where it's like, you know, the, just like sounds coming out of our mouth. So it, it really matters is the concept, what we mean behind that. Exactly. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Which I do understand the usefulness of protecting certain words because it's like, it's a daily use thing. And now it's like, it's easier if you can set within the social norms of this means that. It makes yeah. it easier to express ideas. So if right. you have these loose gray words, but in a day, if you're in a situation where someone is, you guys are ha- at odds because of a definition, like you shouldn't let sounds or symbols become a barrier of understanding. You That's know? right. Like, <laughs> it makes yeah. no sense if right. you think about it. But, um, yeah, let's move on. He starts providing examples and um how he like, for example, the first one he goes into how his protection is like a good, and how like in this scenario it would, you know, we would be able to use view protection as a good. And it essentially it's very capitalist the way he describes it, you know, and that Yes. that like we will we will, you know, purchase the products we want the service wise or provide it for ourselves, so and on and so forth. Uh yeah, and then you know if you have anything to add to that one, if not, oh yeah.
1: Uh, this is what I always laugh at when uh, people try to claim that, you know, that Tucker was like this far left wing, like almost comedy. I've had I've had communists try to say that Tucker was like quasi communist. And I, I think that's just insane. Tucker was uh, Tucker supported. You know, he's not using the same language Rothbard would use, but he's essentially talking about private defense firms and stuff like that mm-hmm. or products, um, you know, just buying products off the market. So, uh no, he was a um, Tucker was very um Tucker and Rothbard probably agree on ninety five percent of things. Uh, realistically, it's it's really close. Um, but yeah, he he's very like I, I love just when he's good breaking it down because it does sound like something you would read from Rothbard. It sounds like yeah, we would just have an open free market where we would buy for the goods or services or we could provide them for ourselves. And you know, I, I think right there he's essentially alluding to like something like mutual aid and things like that or just self sufficiency. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, no, a lot of this does read just like. Almost if borderline, if Rothbard was like, you know what? I'm going to write some shit for some lefties. And uh, it's going to be the same thing, but I'm going to fail around the edges a little bit just to make it amenable for them. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And uh, one of the next things he goes into, I thought was really interesting. He goes into how uh, the best way, one of the most effective methods methods of accomplishing the purposes that was quoted there would be like tax resistance. Which I mean, which I mean, he was saying like an organized one, but even on an individual level, which I'm sure Tucker would agree with. It's, yeah. um, I mean, that's that's kind of in a lot of sense, you know, to go back to agorism, that's what agorism is, and even people who aren't like strictly agorists do agree that like that is the root of the issue, and most of them do agree at some point. We got to be like, well, we're not paying the shit, like
1: right, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. There's a lot you can get from Tucker if if you're just on the anarchist spectrum, anywhere really, and I, I, yeah. that's why we really like about. him.
0: Yeah, he does get interesting where, I thought it was weird, he starts getting into religion, and he's kind yeah. of saying that they, they being the socialists, uh, kind of are against religion, but I do think you have to view this in the context of that he is saying specifically in the context of the thought leaders. So, and uh, maybe he's saying, I think what he's implying is like if you take these, these um, principles to their furthest conclusion type deal, um, which I guess I can kind of see that. I mean, me being I, atheist, I, I can understand where he's coming from, but But he also goes into how, but at the same time, they're not saying we want to make you be non-religious or whatever. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one.
1: Yeah, I think he's also talking about like the idea of um, the state enforcement of religion too here. Mm -hmm. I I think he's talking about what you're saying too, but he's also talking about like how in this with the state socialists, right? And they kind of um, uh, would promulgate this like religion or a certain type of religion. And he's reaffirming that the anarchists believe that you have the right to believe or deny a belief at your will, right. Yeah. Um, that, that's his ultimate point. But yeah, uh, I, I, that, that part is kind of like the part that sticks out in the essay the most, which is kind of just, you know, it's yeah. there, but it's, you know, I, I think the rest of the essay is probably a bit better. I, you know,
0: I, but at the same time I, I do just to, to sit on this for a minute. I do think, I mean, I'm, I'm the ACS So most people know I'm getting, getting, I do think if you do apply a lot of these principles, they do take it there, especially what he's saying from his perspective yes. of, we need to, you know, like if in a sense, it's kind of the whole like, uh you know, no no gods, no masters type thing, which right. I mean, I'm not even necessarily saying this as an argument against religion. I'm saying it from his perspective, for his logic. And he's, yeah. his whole thing is that it needs to be one or the other. And he's kind of juxtaposing it against state, and, or, um, state socialism, which state he socialism. even said that it would have its own state religion. And to the yeah. this being the opposing one, essentially, he would say there would be I mean, you would be allowed to have religion. But to apply these principles to their furthest degree, you would have none which right. I can, I get where he's coming from. And I think it actually kind of makes sense. He doesn't really delve into it deep and deeper. It's like one. Yeah. Just kind of there and gone. Yeah. But
1: yeah, it's um yeah, no. Th- yeah. I, I completely agree. He's just, he's like with state socialism, right? The state socialism would also have to control the, the church and the schools, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's a, the whole point of state socialism, which is you, they would control these things. So you would have a monopolistic, uh, interpretation of both those things both cultural and uh, religious so by definition you would have a monopoly on religion in a socialist state socialist um framework as he's describing it
0: yeah yeah uh I'm not, let's get on he starts talking about like competition in all these different things uh one line that i think it's like it's once again the, the the blurring the lines between capitalists and socialists. competition everywhere and always is what he says which i mean how can we not get into that and i do think it's kind of cool how he then applies it to moral competition which i mean coming from i've talked about egoism before i did an episode mm-hmm. on sterner with magnus um that basically is kind of what egoism is moral competition it's like you have your own morals i have my own morals and we kind of even then he applies it even to moral codes and how they would compete amongst each other and it's to some extent it's like the best man wins which i mean i do i have always thought it was very weird how our kind a lot of them are very against that but it's like well why do you not apply these to other things like I mean, no one's saying you have to have this, but they get. A lot, I know a lot of our kind get very set on like, well, this is objective morality or this is objective this, and it's like, well, wouldn't it just make more
1: sense to have a competition of ideals? Yeah. yeah it, as a, as a little side note, it's funny because um, uh, when he had his paper Liberty, right, that was his newspaper, and uh, to go back to my point where you're like, there's nothing new under the sun here, especially when you're reading Tucker, is that. Um, the big debate, and this lasted for a very long time in his paper, because there'd be editorials, right? Like different, so what Tucker did, what the new Liberty newspaper was, was it was Liberty Twitter before the internet or Twitter. So you had all these different anarchists writing like little pieces for it and critiquing the other anarchists and saying that they were bullshit like the from the previous <laughs> uh, paper. So, so you had, uh, and one of the big disagreements uh, during this time, was of egoism or natural law. And it was like just like one, there'll just be critique after critique of one or the other. And it, it was like, it, it's the same thing that's going on still today in the movement. And um, as a side note, with, um, I don't know if you know this, but um, uh, Tucker abandoned the natural rights view and later became an egoist because he was inspired by Stirner uh, later in his life. Yeah. Well, I agree with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. But yeah, and then he kind of, he starts going to more like competition. He goes into education competition, and then he kind of also applies it to marriage and how like government wouldn't be in marriage. So if you decided yeah. one day I don't want to be this woman, you don't have a government contract holding you to it. I mean, maybe you would have some sort of like I mean I almost said social contract, but <laughs> I mean it would be a you know a non-binding like verbal thing between right. you. I mean I know we could probably say you could set up some sort of thing, although. I mean, I'm not super good with contract law. I feel you could like attach much money. Much. You could
1: attach some yeah. money to it or something yeah, for damages. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get, which, I mean, that's
0: – it is one of those things. It's like why – I mean, look at people when it comes to marriage and how much people's lives get fucked up over that. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I, I get, too, in another sense. People get, like, caught up in, like, well, you know, like there can be issues if, you know, if someone doesn't want to, like – doesn't want to take care of their own or whatever. But there, there are ways to solve those problems. And yeah. I mean, we're not going to go too deep in a theory with that because that's a – that's a whole nother (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um i did once again and this kind of was something he touched on at the beginning and he kind of goes into he says i will simply call attention to the fact that is an ideal utterly inconsistent with that of those communists who falsely uh call themselves anarchists while at the same time advocating a regime of archism fully as despotic as that of the state socialists themselves and that kind of touches on the point you had at the beginning how you have these people in the middle who don't really even understand shit which I mean we yeah. touched on the bell curve. Those are the fucking midwits. Like yeah. those are the people don't really understand anything. They're just they I don't know, they kind of vaguely had some concepts. Not everyone's the the thinking man like me or you are. Like, not that I'm some genius. I jokingly <laughs> referred myself as a retard who reads books, but I mean that <laughs> is a genius by modern day standards. <laughs> right. right. So and like and when you're talking about ideology, especially a flashy one, which was socialism at the time, that's kinda of what he's getting at, how these people yeah. the majority to put in Emma Goldman's terms kind of fuck it up to where you're yes. like they, they kind of put a bad name on it. He actually kind of cast a little bit of stones at the uh, Haywood market people here too, because uh, yeah. I guess they, um, the, I mean, I don't know enough of the details you may know more than I do, but it sounds like he was implying that they were actually political advocates and he was kind of, uh, he was kind of shitting on them for uh, in, involving themselves in that way.
1: So yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think Tucker endorsed the the Haymarket affair at all. <laughs>
0: Yeah. But even then, I think he was implying that they had like political, um, you know, they in, they endorse political candidates and stuff, which he was oh, kind right, of right, like yeah. shitting on them, you know, kind of the whole modern day, like, your status type thing. Which, right. Yeah I, mean, yeah. I don't know who they're endorsing, but like, I right. mean, I, I don't know. It, it's, he was kind of the extreme, he was the conkin in a sense of that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He absolutely was. Yes. And he was yeah. kind of like, look at these idiots making us look stupid. Although yeah. I think he does actually kind of concede a little bit that like, Hey, the way they, way they went out in a sense, kind
1: of sort yeah. of cast a good light but um and, and also yeah. talking about the um also talking about the uh, communist thing tucker was a, a just anti-communist through and through like mm-hmm. he despised them uh so i think that's also something important to know just uh, and also just because someone calls themselves a socialist you shouldn't just think that they're just some like you know tanky or something you know what i mean yeah. so yeah
0: yeah one quote i wanted to read and I, I guess i'll give you a chance to riff off it and then i want to read the after that i want to read the Ernest lazine i call it a blurb i don't even know what you'd call it it's borderline a poem whatever yeah i want to read that and then we'll have like final thoughts at that point uh but this one i want to read because once again this struck me so much as like very very much in end in, in uh, alignment with like agorism essentially is the anarchists believe in lib- liberty both as an end and means and yes. are hostile to anything to antagonize it? because throughout this essay he does point out how like, yeah, say with like a, the, the money monopoly, he said, well, we'll create your own banks or like he had kind of prescriptions of like, well, do this, do that. And they kind of were like, well, disregard the law to some extent, you know? Yeah. So this is how we, we we do this. And this is, you know, this is, this is straight up a line. I wish I could remember it uh, exactly from Konkin where he says basically the same exact thing. Like your ends and your means need to align essentially. Yes. So, which, I mean, that's a, the, obviously it's a big dispute among our kind right now. It's because a lot right. of like, which, and I understand the arguments to for and against, so I'm not even necessarily saying, I'm just more trying to uh, show his perspective and how it aligns with ours. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add on to that one before I read the, uh, the poem or
1: whatever. No, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that, I think that's right in general, right? This is like, if, if you, if you sacrifice your means, the end goal will in some sense, almost um, not be as fruitful. Right. Or it'll feel like cheap in some way or it might uh, or it might not even turn out the way that you wanted it to because you avoided those means to get there. It might turn out completely differently than you uh, maybe intentioned so yeah um it, it's it's very i i think it's I, I think you made a good point how it's like these are the same arguments and i think that's a common through line throughout this article you're like mm-hmm. oh yeah i recognize that you yeah. know <laughs> so exactly uh, that's
0: what all this was like oh that's that oh that's yeah. that you're like well, <laughs> right. we're just using different terms I, right I mean, right there are some stuff that are, are noticeably different and not just in a terms one for example like the underlying economic principle but um uh, yeah. and i've talked about this before in other things there's I think sometimes you need to, I'm not saying, obviously this is, would be a logical fallacy to say this necessarily means it's true, but whenever you have a conclusion that can be reached by multiple lines of logic from, you know, this different foundations of logic, it, yeah. it kind of should, you should raise your eyebrows and be like, there might you should be pay something attention to it at the very yes.
1: least. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which, uh,
0: yeah. I mean, I've said that about other things as well, where it's like, and it's been a noticeable thing within the Liberty movement at large, there've been certain ideas as of late that have been, Kind of, sort of, a lot of people have been coming to them. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're true, but I do think it means you should take notice. In the very yeah. least, there's something that needs to be grappled with. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and read the uh, poem. And then after that, we'll kind of do yeah. like final thoughts. Uh, sure. What you think of it. It's a little bit long, so I feel kind of weird keeping here, but I'm, I, I feel like it's necessary. Oh, this it's is great. How he I love it. It finishes yeah. um, it says, There are two socialisms. One is communistic, the other soliditarian. One is dictu- dictatorial, the other libertarian. One is metaphysical, the other positive. One is dogmatic, the other scientific. One is emotional, the other reflective. One is destructive, the other constructive. Both are in pursuit of the greatest possible welfare for all. One aims to establish happiness for all, the other to enable each to be happy in his own way. The first regards the state as a society sui generis of an especial essence. The product of some of a sort of divine right outside of and above all society with special rights and able to exact special obediences. The second considers a state as an association like any other generally managed worse than others. The first proclaims the sovereignty of the state. The second recognizes no sort of sovereign. One wishes all monopolies to be held by the state. The other wishes the abolition of all monopolies. One wishes the governed class to become the governing class. The other wishes the disappearance of classes. Both declare that the existing state of things cannot last. The first considers revolutions as the indispensable agent of evolutions. The second teaches that repression alone turns evolutions into revolution. The first has faith in a cataclysm. The second knows that social progress will result from the free play of individual efforts. Both understand that we are entering upon a new historic phase. One wishes that there should be but proletaires The other wishes that there should be no more proletaires. The first wishes to take everything from everybody. The second wishes to leave each in possession of its own. The one wishes to expropriate everybody. The other wishes everybody to be proprietor. The first says, do as the government wishes. The second says, do as you wish yourself. The former threatens with despotism. The latter promises liberty. The former makes the citizen the subject of the state. The latter makes the state the employee of the citizen. One proclaims that labor pains will be necessary to the birth of a new world. The other declares that real progress will not cause suffering to anyone. The first has confidence in social war. The other believes only in the works of peace. One aspires to command, to regulate, to legislate. The other wishes to attain the minimum of command, of regulation, of legislation. One would be followed by the most atrocious of reactions. The other opens unlimited horizons to progress. The first will fail. The other will succeed. Both desire equality, one by lowering heads that are too high, the other by raising heads that are too low. One sees equality under a common yoke. The other will secure equality and complete liberty. One is intolerant, the other tolerant. One frightens, the other reassures. The first wishes to instruct everybody. The second wishes to enable everybody to instruct himself. The first wishes to support everybody. The second wishes to enable everybody to support himself. One says the land to the state, the mind to the state, the tool to the state, the product to the state. The other says the land to the cultivator the mind to the miner, the tool to the laborer, the product to the producer. There are only these two socialisms. One is the infancy of socialism. The other is its manhood. One is already the past. The other is the future. One will give place to the other. Today, each of us must choose for the one or the other of these two socialisms, or else confess that he's not a socialist. Which I like that last little dig there. Like, yeah. in the
1: middle, you're not a real socialist. <laughs> right, right. It's like... Yeah, it's like that. Ayn Rand quote. You know, uh, there's right and there's wrong, and but the middle is always evil type thing. You know. Yeah.
0: It's Which just, I mean, there yeah. was multiple ones of that too. I kind of wish yeah. I would brought them up earlier because there are for a few good quotable ones where he says it's that exactly just that. Uh, uh, but I wish, you, but I don't know if you have anything to add to that poem because I know it's long, I, but it's like it's so, yeah, there's so many great it's only. I think he between. just
1: he covers everything. He he essentially sums up the entire everything previously that he wrote in the article in in that little poem right there. In that yeah. yeah. So. Um, I, I don't really have too much more to add other than what I've already said, but i I, I generally do like how he ends it like with a bullet point, like uh, just punch after punch.
0: Okay, and uh, there's nothing else you want to hit on in the essay. while we, where we're at it. This um, I would just
1: <laughs> I think I would just say, um the four monopolies, I think are like 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 this is his best work by far. and all of, all of Tucker's other work essentially like kind of dovetails back into the four monopolies. He talks about it over time. And I feel like he's like his prescriptions and his conclusions from those four monopolies are just spot on. I think mm-hmm. they're completely correct. Um, and I know some like uh, like maybe right libertarians would be whenever you talk about like things like rent, right, or land monopoly. Libertarians get a little uneasy. But I, I do think he's right in the sense that, look, if there was not a monopoly on money and credit, and if there's not a monopoly on land uh, specifically in the sense that the state did not, you know, encompass a lot of land and then tell people they couldn't homestead it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I do think that there would be a lot less rent because there'd be much more, more, more people would be able to homestead. And at the very least the rent prices would drop dramatically. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Which, yeah. And, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, My bad.
0: I was going to touch on two, cause I was just kind of thinking while I was reading that too, is a common trope of the left is like the egalitarianism. And I do find it funny that like, he is actually still maintaining that perspective to some extent where yeah. the goal is sort of egalitarianism, a- equity. But yeah. he understands the best way to achieve that is through this, which is kind of f- funny because, I mean, the, it's kind of the uh, – I've talked to him before with like people always talk about principled or pragmatic. And I'm like, well, they're kind of one of the same. You know, Generally, pragmatic is just some nonsense people say when they want to do some shit that's not principled. Right, exactly. And, yeah. and that's <laughs> the same thing with egalitarianism where – People will say egalitarianism, but it's like, yeah, but the end result is the of what you're prescribing to get your egalitarianism yeah. is not egalitarianism. Like, if you want egalitarianism, the best way is through anarchy. Like, even yes. through our in capistan, in like as you know, uh, us being like ANCAPs or you know, marketing because I know you like to go by, mm-hmm. I'm more aggressive, whatever, this is very similar. Our end goal or what we would ideally like for things to be as would essentially, it wouldn't be a hundred percent egalitarian. There would be differences, yeah. but it would be the the most attainable form of egalitarianism that human right. beings could possibly attain. And, and we're,
1: yeah. And we're egalitarians in the sense that we think that each person is their own sovereign. Right. Yes. So like you could say that we're egalitarians in that sense. Um, and, and with Tucker and, you know, a lot of like the left market anarchists too, uh, that they talk about in the individual anarchists certainly, which is that this, their whole thing is that, uh, um, a free market will lead to more people having getting closer to that ideal of egalitarianism, as you were just saying. So, mm-hmm. um, I, and you just saying, right, it's popular to like, kind of like crap on egalitarianism and I'm not going to take a, uh, I'm not going to, you know, get into that now, but I'm certainly going to say that, you know, um, uh, there were thinkers who kind of thought differently, but they still had the same means as you do. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I, feel like, um, uh, not that, not that people who like, uh, are against egalitarianism are wrong but I, I i definitely think that um we, we you should take people should take a look at some of the other thinkers who thought differently but still had the same means as you because i think there's something there
0: yeah for sure uh with that you want to go and drop your plugs and i, I really oh, sure. appreciate you coming this is this oh is thank you uh,
1: thank you so much uh, for inviting me on yeah uh yeah. you can find me you want to say real quick sorry
0: i didn't mean to fuck you up yeah, but, no, 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 go ahead. but uh I, you were one of the first names when i realized i want to do this it came to mind so because I, oh, I knew I, because I knew for you' you're, you're, you're a Tucker fan, you're a Spooner yeah. fan, so I was like, one of those uh, for those' not know I'm, I'm gonna get Reed to do Spooner, so which seems to be a little off, but um I've said That's multiple awesome. times, I'm really trying to get people who exude these people, and I know there are other people like I know a lot there's a few names that come to mind when you think of Spooner. I also want to do something unique, and for some reason, I don't know why what it is about me. I mean, this is very subjective, but for me, I felt like he exuded it. You exude Tucker, you know, Magnus exudes sterner. Fucking Dave exudes Rothbard. So yeah. I mean I'm trying to stick with that the best I can. I mean, obviously it's my subjective interpretation, but it's my it's my art I'm creating goddamn. Yeah, it, it's okay? it's your show. <laughs> it's <laughs> exactly. your show. But yeah, no, I just I, I don't know. I guess I was just trying to describe that because I'm also trying my best too in this series to uh have people who are uh not necessarily critiquing but presenting their their, their take. Be, yeah. And and that'll be hard for me too as I get to more commies, because it's like if I don't agree. Um, but yeah, cause I mean, I'm not, I'm just trying to present these ideas with, with as little Absolutely. bias as possible, although I'm going to bring bias. It's, it's, un, it's yeah. unavoidable. So, uh, but go, go ahead, go with your plugs. My bad. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, that was great.
1: Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at ace underscore Arcus and you can find me there arguing with people nonstop. Um, when I shouldn't, I should really be doing other things with my time, but, uh, and then you can find me and then you can also hear me on the surfing podcast, which I co-host and you can find that on any podcatcher pretty much. And I just want to say, Jose, thank you so much for uh, inviting me on.
0: Oh, no problem. Yeah, no, I like I said, not to folate you more, but you were one of the first <laughs> ones that came to mind. Uh, oh, thank you. For, for me, I got the No Way Jose YouTube channel. I'm also on the major podcatchers. I'm on Odyssey. If you <laughs> want to hit me up on Twitter, at Galison Jose. Uh, I do like money. I am a capitalist or, uh, it, you know, by Tucker's standards, I guess in some senses, I'm a socialist. Either way, I like money in patreon.com, so it's no way Jose 2020. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And with that, we are done. Thank you so much, Ace. Thank you. Ooh, and